I, I think now it's learn marketing deeply. That's what I think should be WordPress's mission for the next two years, because we are in a time when we've gone boom bust and we have an opportunity to seize right now as companies are looking at down rounds, they're laying off staff. And one of the first places they cut is R&D and innovation. And we have an opportunity to catch up on that ground. Not that we have to necessarily build a lot of stuff at all. I don't even think we have to build that stuff. But I think we have to just do a much better job of product marketing at three, four, five levels of niches. Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to All Things WordPress and Woo, Emerging Tech, a Do the Woo podcast show. This show is brought to you by Jetpack AI Assistant. Fits right into your WordPress editor. Its intuitive interface reduces the time and effort you spend on content creation. Create, revise, and optimize content without leaving your WordPress editor. And A2 e-commerce hosting is your partner to help you keep your client stores running smoothly 24-7 with their enhanced security. I'll tell you more about our sponsors later in the show. In today's episode, Dave Lockheed chats with Noel Talk about some of the challenges and opportunities facing WordPress. They discuss the importance of WordPress as a reliable and necessary technology, especially in a time of global conflict and political polarization, but also why WordPress needs better product marketing to compete with the other platforms through marketing deeply and understanding its audience better. Plus, of course, why AI is going to play a big role in the future of the WordPress ecosystem. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Emerging Tech Flavor of Do The Woo. I am Dave Lockie, and with me this time we have Noel Tuck. Uh, Noel from HumanMade, and also Noel from Rescuing Dogs in Ukraine. So, like, why don't we start where you are, Noel, which is in Kharkiv. Um, tell us when you got there, what you've been up to, uh, and what it's like. And then maybe we can fit some WordPress stuff in at the end. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, I'm on a, on a mini sabbatical at the moment from HumanMade, uh, just because there's a bit of an emergency sort of crisis out here with like the stuff we're doing and the work we're doing. But um, to, to go back to the beginning, um, I like let, let's go way back. I was at WordCamp Norway. And met this guy called Espen uh, at the first one. And he was building like the largest like fitness blog, you know, website in Norway. Massive dude. He's twice my size. Um, and I meet him first year. I meet him the second year. Meet him the third year. And we're at this after party. And, you know, the after parties, you know, music's down. It's, it's kind of <laughs> very quiet. And he's like, hey, you want to go club? And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to go club. <laughs> And, you know, we go, we go straight to the club, literally. Uh, he's, he's got the table set up and everything. He's got his friends there, his business partners. And at the time, these guys were like five, six guys or so. And they turned that into a 650-person WooCommerce business, being the largest sports supplement, uh, like distributor, retail store or whatever online in Norway. And, you know, during that evening – Somewhere at like 1 or 2 a.m., I, I talked to one of the other guys uh, called Fred, and we hit it off within like two hours. And then he says, hey, do you want to crash at my place for like a couple of months? And I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> that's just a nomadic way of things. And before you know it, we're like co-working, we're doing things. They're on, on WordPress and Woo anyway. Uh, so all these things kind of work together. But fast forward to the beginning of the full-scale invasion uh, of Russia into Ukraine. Fred's, you know, he's watching TV and he's seeing like distraught animals on TV running around, not knowing what to do, whatever. So uh, long story short, he jumps in a car and, you know, drives down here, not really knowing anybody, uh, a few contacts here and there, but builds up uh, a charity, uh, which is amazing. And I join, um, I'd say like, like nine months after or something on like the eight months after on like the tech side, just doing a website and everything. And then last March, 
I was supposed to have hip surgery. Doctor canceled that. I called Fred. I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm in Norway leaving to go to Ukraine. I'm like, okay, pick me up in Warsaw. I'll fly there. And uh, yeah, haven't looked back since. Uh, <laughs> been in and out a few times. I've, I've spent half my time, I'd say, uh, all in uh, once March comes up. And yeah, it's been an, an incredibly humbling experience. Um, it's been very inspiring um, because people are obviously working together uh, between military, civilian, volunteers to keep this whole you know country afloat. And our, our little part of this world is that we've produced 245,000 kilos of dog food last year and distributed that to deoccupied areas. Deoccupied areas were areas that were occupied by Russia and then won back by Ukraine. And these areas are pretty messed up, right? Like everything's broken, supply chain's gone, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we help out there with uh, dog and cat food. And then we also do evacuations from the front lines and other kind of hostile environments where the larger charities certainly won't go. So on Sunday, um, we were two kilometers away from the Russian border. Uh, so that's definitely like a no man's land kind of area. Uh, but, you know, the dogs there had, had had like, you know, no real social contact in like two years or whatever now. So, you know, some pretty important, uh, yeah, cases, I guess. And Last year, we evacuated and rehomed 500 dogs. And it's nice because the website's on WordPress, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I think what it highlights for me is in many ways, WordPress is necessary technology in this world. Like we live in a quite ugly time uh, right now between you know, highly polarizing politics um, a, a lot of uh, conflicts going on around the world. Uh, we had the, the kind of boom and bust post-COVID uh, stock market. So we're seeing, you know, SaaS companies shut down and then maybe your data's locked in, in a weird way and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a lot of arguments right now where WordPress has its place in a very large way and also shows you how it's withstood, you know, time over 20 years to still be reliable and be larger than ever. Yeah. I mean, first, thanks for going over and doing that work because um, doing what I can to support you makes me feel like I'm doing at least something uh, about all the awful stuff that's happening over there. And um, I'm not as mobile as you are. Uh, and I also don't think I could deal with the weather <laughs> on it, like a super trivial point. I mean, it sounds bitter. Well, it makes two of us because I have rain arts. So as soon as I'm anywhere minus two, minus three, my hands are white and I have like two toe warmers in on either side of my foot, uh, warmers in my pocket. Uh, it, it's a battle to say the least. I, I've, I've seen my hands all colors at this point, uh, being here the last couple of weeks. Um, so I want to pick up that point about there being a place for WordPress still and it being sort of such, I guess, long-standing technology. And you, you're right, there is, there's a lot of change in the world and people do need a way that they can communicate in a way that is not asking, that doesn't require asking people for permission to do that so you know no uh, terms of service to stand up a wordpress site um obviously there are if you use particular hosting but uh it's permissionless technology so domain names so you can do the innovation at the edges without hitting corporate um terms of service or privacy policies or deplatforming or, or whatever something that i've been thinking about a lot about though is that for the majority of people, the majority of time, they don't hit those safeguards. And what WordPress offers is uh, WordPress and WooCommerce offer creators the ability to like put their stuff online to create and curate experiences for people to go to, but they don't actually do that much in terms of putting that content in front of an audience. Um, and obviously with the audience comes monetization. So once you've got somebody on your WordPress site or your Woo store, you can monetize them, but you kind of have to build all that stuff together. Now, you know that I spend a lot of time with 
crypto stuff. And I know that you also have at least historically spent a bunch of time with crypto stuff. One of the things I've, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about at the moment is if and how WordPress can back into those crypto networks in order to like reconnect this permissionless publishing and creation with audiences. Um, I don't know if you saw GoDaddy have just done this uh, partnership with ENS domains. So, you know, you can have like a oh, nice. nolltalk.eth, which is your ENS name, but you can also connect that to nolltalk.com. So somebody can just send you crypto to nolltalk.com and it'll go into your wallet address. So my number ETHs uh, addresses are finally worth something again? Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> $10. Maybe. <laughs> cool. And so I, d- I don't know whether you've thought much about how the worlds of WordPress and crypto collide. Like, is do you share the belief that I have, which is that we can kind of make WordPress competitive with these canned corporate networks where you have got audience, you have got addressability, and you can um, build the monetization around your content in a way that is still permissionless and open uh, and allows for this innovation at the edges? Or is that, are you just like totally focused on keeping your feet warm and rescuing dogs at this point? No, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, so like, I love the, the theoretical aspirations and direction of crypto. And a lot of the time it doesn't necessarily play out that way. Right. Like it's, it's, it's almost like, it's like bigger marketing schemes and everything than, you know, let, let, let's take like publishing platforms. Like uh, we had Medium that kind of came and went. Quora kind of came and went. And uh, obviously these platforms are still around, but, you know, in terms of their hype. Now we have Substack, you know, which was supposed to be the, the be all and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And ultimately just, you know, it's fading now because of uh, sort of Nazi undertones or whatever it is. And then there's a 10% uh, platform fee and God knows what else. And, so maybe that's on its way out to sooner or later, and maybe it'll be something else that comes or whatever. But, you know, can crypto as a, a technology change that? I, I think it can augment it. But, you know, is it is the underlying technology going to provide a new business model? Unlikely. Not in my opinion. You know, I think the when you look at traditional media, it was best when investigative journalism was paid for it was open it was free you know you'd go on the website and it's like hey wow that's an insane case and now you have you know all these paywalls and everything so maybe you know media needs a a different business model but it's the transaction method itself uh, and and the the benefit of permissionless and all that actually going to be the big game changer I, i don't know you know, I, I'm certainly in crypto, but from a seed investment perspective and happy to ride the waves and trade the volatility, but I'm not the, beyond Bitcoin, I'm not going to, you know, bet anything large, I guess, uh, long-term. Yep. I see the, at the moment, the most important thing that crypto is doing is connecting people, creating that graph. And like, I have this, uh, meme that's living in my mind about, being the last audience that you ever need to build because we you're talking about there like the the fact you've got like a medium experience or a substack experience or, or whatever experience and with each of these you have to like you build up the content you build up your audience and then like inevitably it downturns because the world changes or the team changes or the you know investors sell or whatever like whatever it is like apps and experiences are ephemeral by their nature some persist longer than others but the social graph underneath um i don't think should or that there's an opportunity for it not to be ephemeral and when you look at i'm not sure if you've played with um filecaster at, at all but it's that sort of idea where because i have a connection my wallet has a connection with yours anyone can build on top of that so you can build messaging, you can build email, you can build push notifications, you can build a whole full-fledged social network. Uh, and we can sort of see with the connection of domain names through to crypto wallets as well, you can see how that kind of extends out. 
So once you've got those connections, it doesn't matter whether you're building like a TikTok type experience or a Substack type experience or a Shopify type experience on top of it, because you've already got that social graph in place. And um, in fact, there's a there's a lady called Lee Jin who uh, she's part of Variant, which is a, uh, a a VC based out of New York, and she wrote something recently about the emergence of these sort of short lifespan social apps where something comes along with like a friend tech or maybe it's like just a kind of overnight success with and some TikTok variant or whatever. We've seen a bunch of these sort of social networks come and go and even the, the, the kind of long-standing ones have had to evolve over time. So, you know, Facebook's just sort of robs every good idea that everyone else comes along with. But what if that ephemerality of the experiences isn't a bug, but it's a feature. Um, so that's the thing that I'm kind of interested in is if we can connect at a level that kind of underpins everyone that's using WordPress or WooCommerce and you've got that audience, then you can distribute, you can create audience and you, you can kind of be assured that you own that audience as long as you own the wallet that they're all connected to. That seems like a really resilient way for people to create a living, whatever is changing in the world around them. So the, if I understand you correctly, the, the amount of metadata associated with the wallet at that point is, is quite large. Like you have followers following some sort of like mm, uh, foundational social mechanics in, in, in that way, I assume. Yeah, the, the, and there's like a, a big spectrum of these things. So you can look at something like Lens, so Lens is a social um, protocol where everything's pretty much on chain. So if I follow you and I have collected your follower NFT and every piece of content I create is like a content NFT. So the accounts, the content, the relationships between them are all NFTs and then you obviously kind of extract the graph from all of that. And then you've got something like Farcaster, which is actually uh, hybridized. So you you have an element of on-chain, but you have a lot of off-chain as well. And their aim is to be sufficiently decentralized, to be resilient and allow the wallet-to-wallet connection stuff, but it's not all on-chain, so you're not uh, building this sort of very expensive, inefficient database um, to power what needs to be like a high-performance social network. But however you kind of then execute on top of it, I think the principle is that as these experiences emerge and die off uh, over time. And as like more and more time elapses, people are going to increasingly see a need to have an identity that they can own, which is prior to any of those. So uh, it's not Facebook's account that I can log into. It's my identity that I can attach to a Facebook account. And if I decide to stop using Facebook, like I, I can walk off. So how is this all different from Mastodon? It's a good question. So Mastodon uh, relies on, so you can run your own Mastodon server, but you have an identity that is federated through whichever Mastodon server you want to be a part of. But if that server goes away, then your identity goes away as well. Um, This is, what I'm talking about here is, as long as the cryptographic network is up, so as long as Ethereum lives or Bitcoin lives or whichever uh, network it is, then you your identity persists. So would it, would it make more sense for ETH to have Mas- uh, sorry Mastodon to have ETH or Solana or whatever under under it? I think I, I definitely see a world where those two intersect, so that you connect your crypto identity into Mastodon and right you're a creator so you you start off on YouTube you build up a uh, an audience you start monetizing and then you decide that like actually YouTube's not the right place because you want to start exploring some content which is not aligned with their terms of service so uh, you need to go somewhere else like how do you take that audience with you currently um this concept is about being able to take your audience from platform to platform without 
needed to rebuild it from scratch over again. And over a long, long enough time, very much just think that becomes necessary. Like, you know, are we all just going to live with... I, I like that a lot because this means that someone who's innovative can build a, a SaaS application that's interesting, uh, gamified, whatever, has great mechanics, and then doesn't own the customer data, but is able to monetize transactions or some kind of value exchange on the platform itself for as long as they live without creating that kind of lock-in. Uh, obviously, as soon as it really, I, I feel like it really depends on how far the you know the metadata goes and how much of that do you store at the core of your profile and then how much of that is stored on layer twos or whatever uh, somewhere else and i think that that sort of stuff sorts itself out right but the the core tenet that like you you own that identity and i get like if you if you zoom out and go like do you want your identity to be owned by a corporation? Do you want your work relationships and your friends, you know, your ability to contact your friends to be totally reliant on a corporation? Like that just seems really dystopian to me. So anyway, we kind of came here because we were talking about the importance of WordPress and WooCommerce, but also their limitations. Um, so anyway, that's my take on how how one way that we could fix that limitation. So you're free to create, but you're also then uh, connected with an audience and you can build, you know, if you launch a new WooCommerce store or you like start being active on another social app, whether it's centralized or not, uh, you can still reach that same audience. So anyway, that's just to close the loop on that one, I guess. Um, My final thought there is as, as much as I like it, I feel that, even with Substack, you can export your email list, but you're going to have to do a bit of work to recreate that and get the same mechanic going. Now, Substack does you know weird things like, hey, you're signing up for this Substack. Uh, do you also want to be part of these? And it's, and it's like it's selected by default or whatever. So you probably get an inflated number of subscribers, which are not really true subscribers so there's you're not losing that per se uh, but yeah i think people worry then if take linkedin for example where or in any of these platforms there's always an, an, an edge right if you're able to post something where your audience likes it literally just likes it and that's all they do their audience will see that or there's a good chance you know some some cohort or sample of their audience will see that uh, similar to how edge ranked i think it was edge rank on facebook worked back in the day and you want those benefits so you don't necessarily want to leave the platform regardless of how permissionless everything is and how fancy everything is under the hood so again, I think for me, it comes a lot back to metadata. It's not only about exporting your, just the names and the emails and a couple of other opt-in metrics, like when did they sign your opt-in, uh, whatever else kind of critical information, but how rich of metadata can be stored. And I guess the equivalent there is some like layer two setups where you're you might have a, a very highly social metadata layer that captures a thousand different data points and that's the open standard uh, of that that sort of data which i like a lot you know similar to how a restaurant can store an open standard around their food menu and then the nutritional value and where is their food source from uh, and other weird stuff, right? So I, I think that opportunity exists uh, and, I, and I like that a lot. Nice. We all know that AI is constantly growing and it's going to continue to be a part of all of our businesses. 
Jetpack has been launching new AI tools monthly, giving you and your clients the power to create, revise, and optimize content without leaving the WordPress editor. Jetpack AI Assistant simplifies the creation and the customization of sleek forms, tables, and lists for your pages and posts, making routine tasks more efficient. Plus, you can give feedback on drafts. And lastly, for any content you do create, you can adapt the tone of the content. It can be formal, it can be humorous, or anything in between. So if you want to learn more about this, whether for yourself or for your clients or both, just head over to jetpack.com forward slash AI to get the latest tools. Every site you build has the potential to be fast and secure. With A2 e-commerce hosting, it's understood that your client's stores are running 24-7 and that speed is critical to keep both of you happy. As you have heard a number of times from guests, performance is key. A2 hosting VPS and dedicated turbo plans will make you a shining star when it comes to your clients. They even have a one-click deployment for Woo sites when easy is an alternative. Their enhanced security won't keep yourself or your clients awake at night, and they've promised a no-hassle money-back guarantee. So consider A2 hosting for your next client project at a2hosting.com. Well, let, let's move on because I know that, uh, like when you're not on Sabascore and working at Human Made, you guys are very focused on a couple of things. You, you're focused on the enterprise market for WordPress, and you have been for a long time. And you're very focused on uh, the applicability of this sort of latest generation of AI technologies to WordPress as well. So, to the extent that your head is still in those spaces, uh, what have you? been working on what is there that we can dig into more there personally and and, and i feel that this has trickled into the marketing uh, because i direct uh, i guess a lot of the sort of high level direction around marketing and what do we put out there and you know some if, if you learn anything from crypto and nfts is that attention is the scarcest Yep. A commodity currency or whatever that is out there and everybody's just fighting like crazy about it and something like wordpress the struggle the insane struggle is that you're having to re-explain yourself every time because people think the software is outdated insecure obsolete uh whatever keyword uh they can fill the hole of because wordpress doesn't do it for itself not at the not at the, the various niche levels. So it doesn't necessarily do that at a hardcore consumer level. It doesn't compete in terms of product marketing uh, with Webflow at the enterprise level. We, we don't have any organized uh, product marketing to compete with AM and Sitecore and these other companies. Uh, it's slowly coming together. Uh, you know, we have the uh, Scale Consortium, which is that association of enterprise uh, agencies at the moment and then there's other companies such as uh, pantheon josh at pantheon especially is, is really trying to push the right narratives forward uh, so my my biggest challenge I, I think in many ways is how do you keep wordpress relevant in this day and age when there's massive budgets spewing left right and center good example is we have a great rest api we have uh, custom post types. We have anything like, and we had that for years already. And then something like contentful comes around. It's expensive. Uh, it's nowhere near as good. And then captures a massive chunk of the market in terms of revenue. And we're left behind having zero product marketing. You can't go on any sort of centralized WordPress page and, and see cool stuff like, oh, Next.js integration, oh, um, oh, integration of Algolia and this and that. You know, like we, we don't have these this Mac Alliance type. To, you know, it's almost like a cartel of cool um, best of breed 
headless semi-open source or open source companies that have come together to put a really great narrative in place that helps a buyer that's in the mood for best of breed to slip into that stack, which is great because there's some really great technologies in there, but WordPress hasn't done any of that. So we're left having other companies, industry analysts, whoever fill that narrative for us. And often uh, not in a way that is fully representative and uh, correct. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. You know, I, we we often repeat ourselves and have to do almost like a double sale because the 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 champion of WordPress inside a large organization may come around and be really hyped about WordPress, which is great. We're really happy, uh, but they'll be like, "Hey, help, help me, help me sell this to the board. Help me sell this to the stakeholders." Oh, I'm getting pushback. It's insecure. This that and you're just selling the same thing twice, you know, and doing that every single time. Well, and, you're, and you're selling, and you're selling yourself as a, an agency as well. Exactly. So that's the double sell. Yeah, I guess it's the challenge of being a bazaar rather than a cathedral in some ways. Um, you know, cathedral, big spires, one place, opening as cafe, religion, bazaar is like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, how do you? How do you see that being fixed? Like, what's your master plan for um, how to address that kind of? Like, how would you describe it? It's a, it's just a very diffuse and bottom up uh, messaging space. So, lots of contradictory, even within WordPress. You know, it's like use Elementor, use Gutenberg, use Divi, whatever it is, like there are lots of competing sub narratives within the WordPress space that you know are challenging. How have you seen? Have you got a vision for how how we solve this? I I think the easiest is probably if it comes from the top and the foundation or Matt, you know, put their foot down and say, hey, we need to hire a chief growth officer or a CMO for consumer for enterprise. And I and you know that's my gut feeling. It's uh, in, in terms of how you get there quickest, uh, because these people obviously bring a wealth of experience and then are hyper focused on matching the solution WordPress with the problems of a given space, enterprise or consumer or e-commerce. Um, commerce is a great example. You have Shopify, you have Big Commerce. Uh, you have other headless e-commerce tools coming out that are even open source and doing very well. And their marketing is amazing. And Woo's marketing is actually quite good um, compared to, I think, WordPress. And that's not to say that the WordPress marketing was always bad or anything like that. It's That's not the case at all. If anything, it's it's remained the same, but the market has changed. So 10 years ago, the website was the solution. So WordPress in itself was the solution. And nowadays we have a very diversified MarTech stack. We have a lot of different pieces running around. There's, you need an integrative landscape. You need to be able to tell a coherent story around these things. And that product marketing needs a lot of work. MarTech has come a very long way in terms of doing great product marketing. You know, I think if, even if you look at Stripe coming out or Intercom coming out, uh, some of these companies just redefined the game in some ways. And we haven't done that for WordPress in a in this new world. We haven't done this for WordPress where it's not one size fits all anymore. It was one size fits all before, but now it's so much different. WordPress is not the solution. It's the underlying very stable platform that we want to keep around for decades to come potentially. And what we do on top of that is the exciting thing, but it starts from a position of open source and has to be enticing enough that 
these these various niches or segments or verticals are attracted to starting from that position as opposed to getting hooked into a contentful, an AM, a Sitecore, uh, whatever else, Webflow. I remember watching you talk at WordCamp Europe. I can't remember which one it was now, but you were. this was your message back then, and that was like, it must be... Still is, 2018, and it was in 2015 at WordCamp Tokyo too. Uh, it's, I, we haven't, a, I'm not calling anything. I'm just saying like, we're, we were a solution before, we're a tool now, and it's much harder to tell these stories and you have to you have to be surgical about how you approach the market i think yeah it's it's a challenge to have such a broad a broad product um i think the the counterpoint to that is that by staying broad you keep possibilities open and opportunities open and that gives your product longevity but it what you sacrifice is the the focus and the Therefore, the ability to kind of evolve the product to be the best possible fit for a mer- like a merchant or a user at any particular point, because your messaging has to be broad. You know, it's like a it's a Swiss Army knife compared to a you know a, a pairing knife. And if you got no knife at all, then you might be happy with that, like, the Swiss Army knife. But as you become like more specialized as a chef you you're like oh you know this is no good anymore i need like a particular type of knife and i think that's definitely happened with our digital toolkits um i also feel like the the nature of the web has evolved away from websites towards content and away from search to uh, like the suggestion algorithms. Um, and that's something that is difficult for WordPress, which is ultimately a website building tool uh, as it's sort of most commonly used to compete with because a lot of businesses now don't even care about a website until they've got to a certain volume, right? You know, they're, they're selling through social or, or like messaging groups or whatever it is. Um, so one of the one of the things I spend my time thinking about is how do you because WordPress is like a content management system, that's how how we describe it, but it's actually a whole bunch of smaller requirements all lumped together. So it's content creation, it's content curation, it's content display, it's like content storage, all of these different things. What if you just used WordPress to create content, which then went out into the world and it was experienced in like a social type setting or a like tumblr uh and like tumblr yeah um but i thought that was great because matt took wordpress and went off and did something on the external side of wordpress and i thought that was mm-hmm. really great that he went out and did that and now he's coming back with that experience of you know, it was hard for me to, or whatever to, or, you know, very challenging uh, experience to try and build a social network and then use WordPress. But I've learned a lot. Uh, you probably, you're exposed to end users a lot more to having to <laughs> reconfigure something for a particular outcome. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a really great experience. And, you know, maybe part of why we have this data liberation project, which is again, an external project. It's not an internal one. We're not about, we're not arguing about, are we going to build a Gutenberg cover block first or a feature block or whatever? Um, like I, I personally couldn't care less what we build next in WordPress because I think it's a great piece of software as it is. We've, we've hit not 80, 20, but 90, 10. And I, I, I think the message, the, the, what we have to come together on as a community is how, how do we market WordPress in the coming years? Because, WordPress, when it was competing against other software 10 years ago, and it was in one category, it was this one powerful thing against whatever the competitor was. And now you're taking WordPress, which is not the largest competitor. Well, I mean, will be by installs, sure. Um, but it's not necessarily the the largest in terms of conversation at whatever the niche or vertical is. So if it's uh, landing pages with 
uh, sign up and stuff, you know, there's, you have HubSpot CMS probably <laughs> takes more unbounce, whatever, right? Like there's a, a lot of conversation uh, in these various niches and they have excellent product marketing, which when you compare WordPress in that setting without having done the product marketing exercises for WordPress at that niche or vertical level, the conversation and these feature lists look wildly different. And that's exactly what happened with Contentful and WordPress because Contentful was saying, well, WordPress is this, it's that, it kind of sucks and it's old and all these things. And we had we didn't even have a single page to even enter that conversation. So in, in these micro conversations or these micro niches or verticals, whatever you want to call them, in, in none of them are we actually loud. So we're loud overall and people may lie to themselves and say we power 43% of the web, but when it comes down to the real deal and what's actually happening on the ground, I think you need a much realer take um, in, in terms of where does the market go. And it's important that we use WordPress because it's a technology that's fundamental to humanity, especially during such trying times. So I want us to be able to market really well, if anything. And how do you, so for me, AI can help a lot with this, right? Because you can have a conversation about exactly what you need and an AI can go out and assemble all the different components, you know, the theme, the plugins, the patterns, the whatever you need to create exactly the experience you're looking for on top of WordPress. So we go from, I guess, this challenge that WordPress is like a broad church, and so it's hard to compete on an individual kind of niche-by-niche basis to potentially leapfrogging, like let's paint a rosy picture here, being able to leapfrog these SaaS platforms that have harder constraints that AI can't just come in and orchestrate because, you know, the AI is always going to be living within that particular platform. Is there an opportunity here for uh, an AI-powered WordPress to out-compete, like out-niche these platforms that are not modular, that are not open source and have the harder constraints that they need in, in order to be focused? Do you think that's like, can we lean on that or is that some hopium? I, I think yes, but at the same time, you have to look at the success a platform like Ghost had in terms of self-publishing and, you know, being that sort of platform and, and, and having and, and building this great niche. And John O'Nolan has been very successful coming out, you know, day one of Ghost. I don't know how many people were like, oh, yeah, he's you know, he's totally going to make it and still have this business years later. And here he is doing very well. And I think, again, that comes back to the fundamentals of product marketing and understanding your audience. Now, AI is is great. And I, because in absence of amazing product marketing, one of the things you can do is attach yourself to the most amazing, innovative technology that is out there. And then so it's, I mean, not necessarily a bait and switch, but you're, you're saying, Hey, here's AI. And then, you know, bring it back to WordPress and say, you can do all these things together. Uh, and it gives people, it, it sort of busts their, 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 their potential frame uh, because all of a sudden they're associating WordPress with this top tier innovative technology that's coming out. And the beauty of WordPress in, in scenarios like this is that it's probably the one CMS in the space that can move faster than any other uh, in terms of raw output in, with functionalities and capabilities from various authors uh, that is unmatched on parallel. So I'm assuming you can, you know, find uh, OpenAI um, integrations, Claude integrations, maybe just a stable diffusion integration, and and then on top of that, you have these other things, and then maybe uh, Elementor or whoever else uh, or Sujay over at Astra, you know, they're maybe working on various agents uh, for each particular block, right? So you might have 
a, a, an agent for a form, you might have an agent for a hero block, then you might have an, uh, an agent for pages and posts, you might have an agent for APIs, and then you have agents that orchestrate these and everything comes together and you might be moving quite quickly and that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's, it's nice from a marketing perspective, but is it the long-term solution? Uh, unlikely. Interesting. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to talk about while we've, uh, while we've got the pleasure of each other? No, cause it's, um, we're, we're far away and in this crazy world, uh, who knows when it's going to be, uh, a chance for us to catch up again. I hope it's not too long, but is there, is there more that you'd like to talk about that NGO work or more about what's on your mind uh, from a human-made or just general WordPress perspective? I, I'd say what I talked about now is, is probably the thing that bugs me the most or lives rent-free in my mind uh, is that amazing effort and energy that everyone puts into WordPress but then is you know, trying to fit through a pipe that's way too small in terms of product marketing and is never really displayed in its full glory uh, to the rest of the market in a very specialized way. And that's, it's, it's, it's a struggle to, and it, you know, you, you start thinking, are you delusional, right? Because you're talking to uh, an enterprise client and they're like, oh, WordPress doesn't do this, doesn't do that. And, and you're sitting there thinking, am I just like a WordPress maxi or do I actually like know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so I think in many ways, when Matt years ago, 2015, was it 2015 when he said, learn JavaScript deeply? Uh, I, I think now it's learn marketing deeply. That's what I think is, should be WordPress's mission for the next two years, because we are coming we, we are in a, in a time when we've gone boom bust and we have an opportunity to seize right now as companies are looking at down rounds, they're laying off staff. And one of the first places they, they cut is R&D and innovation. And we have an opportunity to catch up on that ground. Not that we have to necessarily build a lot of stuff at all. Like I don't even think we have to build that stuff. Uh, but I think we have to just do a much better job of product marketing at you know three four or five levels of niches and to me those it doesn't mean that those couple niches define what wordpress is they are just merely abstractions and narratives that sit on top of the wordpress we know today it's not trying to change what wordpress is to your previous point concrete illustrations of what you can do yeah yeah and I guess if I was going to do a callback, like some sort of competent podcaster, it would be the beginning of the episode you were talking about how in the chaotic uh, physical world you find yourself in, you have, you know, military, civilian, NGO, everyone working together. And it was those, those words, right? Everyone working together towards a common goal that was the strength of um, that was how things were getting done. So uh, I wonder how we apply that same uh, directionality or synergy in the WordPress ecosystem, everyone working together towards a common mission. That seems to be the, the thing that would help here. I think we, we, we do it by and large when it comes to code. But people fear what they don't understand. And, and sometimes I think this, this 43% of the web crap gets to our head and makes us think that we're unbeatable. And it's a nice number, but we don't, necess- we don't power 43% of the web. You know, maybe that, that statement was true 10 years ago. It's, it's of domains, isn't it? It's not even domains. We can be the secondary or tertiary CMS on a given platform. Doesn't Facebook have a WordPress blog? Do you all of a sudden, and I'm sure it's facebook.com then shows up in this 43% metric. So is that technically right? The, the, the much more accurate value, if there would be one, is 
what percentage of page views do we power globe you know what's the weighted page views that we power globally yeah interesting and even then you know for for woocommerce it would be how much revenue does woocommerce generate compared to other platforms there's there's a lot of questions here where i i think we're using like the map is not the terrain and we're abusing this <laughs> this map versus terrain difference at, at, at a way too large of a scale and i don't see enough uh, red team blue team internal debate to try and figure out what what are we maybe doing what are we missing when we go to market because there certainly must be something wrong if almost every agency in this industry or community has to sell wordpress every time they go sell well this has been a more uh reflective and somewhat solemn episode <laughs> i thought it would be not well it's important times usually we spend much more time laughing it is yeah. it is important and um i you know i appreciate that we can we can have fun and we can also um take things seriously sometimes too yeah and is there any way that uh anyone that's still listening can support the work that you're doing in ukraine helping animals who can't help themselves yeah absolutely uh so come to my Instagram profile, Noel Talk. Uh, I have a couple of explainer videos, like our annual review of the charity last year. I have how we do evacuations and what all happens at our charity, a whole sequence of events. Even just those two videos alone will give you very deep insights, I'd say, in terms of what we do. And if that aligns with your values and uh, what you're willing to support, then by all means, reach out or make a donation. Uh, we, you know, this money literally goes into gas costs and shelter costs and food costs and everything. I, I pay for all my own stuff out here. Uh, I've never taken a dollar out of donations. Uh, so I'm fully self-funded and Fred is too. Uh, we only pay for our Ukrainian staff because they obviously need it, but, um, we, we try to run as lean as we can. So, uh, every donation goes a very long way in helping the little furries. Okay, so that's N-O-E-L-T-O-C-K as your Instagram username. Dude, stay safe out there. Um, and thank you for your time. Thanks for making time from Cockney today. I appreciate it too. Thanks for the convo. Hey, Bob WP here. I'd like to thank Noel for sharing his insights about emerging tech and WordPress and also for his work rescuing dogs in Ukraine. There's a lot to unwrap in this episode, and I hope it gives you something to ponder on. Also, thanks to Jetpack AI and A2 Hosting for their support for over the last year as new sponsorships open up at the end of this month. So check out Noel's Instagram to learn more and help with their ongoing efforts. Till the next time. <laughs>